0: deck the halls with uh, boughs of something uh, boughs of holly fa la la
1: la 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 la
0: la 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 la, 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 la. <laughs> should we have a Christmas sing-along maybe that's the episode we should do instead of what we planned
1: 1857 does karaoke
0: <laughs> and the podcast ended there that was the last episode they recorded and no one listened beyond the first five minutes
1: well, yeah, I, I imagine we could get imprisoned. The sort of damage that my voice could do.
0: <laughs> War crimes. <laughs>
1: exactly. Cri- crimes against art. How are you, TJ? This fine, fine evening.
0: I'm good. I'm good. You might be able to hear a little bit of the, the lingering lurgy in my voice, but I'm recovering well and feeling pretty good. Um, just before you think I'm weird and nasally, it's not a, I'm not putting this on. It's not an affectation. I just, I'm still... Um,
1: <laughs> Fighting
0: for uh, survival with the the man flu.
1: Well, and as this goes out, Christmas is literally just round the corner, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be delighted to know that you're going to be okay for Christmas. That's
0: I will. It's it's going to be a will. happy Christmas. I hope. And <sighs> yes, it's going to come on the twenty third. So if you haven't bought your Christmas presents and this is the twenty third, get on it. If it's yeah. after the twenty fifth and you haven't bought them, you missed it. So just think—you've got twelve whole months for next year.
1: Absolutely, get get ahead now. Get out and buy your crackers. They'll be they'll be half price. Uh, yep, wrapping paper, all of that. But uh, of course, it's, is this—is this the first Cosgrove Christmas in the new house? Uh technically, no. Uh, we moved
0: in in November. So uh, huh. we have had a Christmas before, and we actually did Christmas here. So we we catered for my folks. Um, okay. We I Megan did a lot of work as well, but um, it was Megan and I did it. Um, so that was good fun. Lots of work, lots, some stress, lots of work, um, but very enjoyable. Uh, and so we will be, in two days' time, catering for my family again. Um, we're going to go do the rounds, and then we'll be down on Boxing Day, I believe, to see Megan's folks. So it's going to be a nice...
1: Family Christmas. Lovely. Very nice. Uh, and, well, I suppose I mean, Christmas presents. Have you got, got anything that you're hoping Santa will leave for you?
0: <laughs> um, You know, it's funny because that's such a big part of your life for such a long time. Like the first, I don't know, 12 to, I guess, 15 maybe? I don't know when kids stop wanting toys, but like... Certainly, for the first fifteen years of my life, Christmas was like, "Oh my God, yes, this is going to be amazing," and then you reach that stage where it's not cool to want like anything but a phone or you know more surly attitude. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's such a big part of my life to think about that for so long, and now I don't do that. It would be really nice to get, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe some whiskey, maybe uh, a good pair of socks, uh, some toiletries. You really start to appreciate the boring gifts the most whenever you get to you know a <laughs> ripe old age like me
1: yeah no, i mean we're the same i think we've we, we've done ours sort of oh you need some of these okay well we'll call that christmas oh you need that oh, we'll we'll call that christmas <laughs> um, yeah
0: we need rice for it, the cupboard downstairs so they call that for christmas there you go merry christmas
1: yeah i mean on on boxing day this year i'm going to be taking down the decorations that's that's my job for boxing day as we're we're going away quickly after that um, and you don't
0: want to come home to out of date Christmas decorations. There's nothing worse. It's like dishes left in the sink. It's just weird. <laughs> <good. laughs>
1: yep. we're not superstitious at all, but there is no way those decorations are staying up. No, we are not Into superstitious. The New Year. There is no bad luck <laughs> at all associated with this twelve days of Christmas. We you could just do what
0: my do what my neighbor did and just leave up the lights outside their house for a full solid twelve months. Uh, And then turn them back on again. And I'm still definitely not bitter or annoyed about it. Um, There was a brief moment of elation when I thought they had broken because I thought they were trying to turn them on and they just weathered poorly. But I think actually in in retrospect, they are fine, which is it's good for them and and saddens me (laughs) because I wanted that to be some sort of catharsis where their their lights had been left out. So their lights had broken. But uh, that's probably not in the Christmas spirit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's a, there was a great meme that I saw on Twitter uh, just the other day where <laughs> there's a, a house, you know, completely over the top, lit up a thousand lights and reindeer and snow and the yeah. whole stuff, and then the camera pans to a house that is completely dark and blank, across to the other neighbour, which again is a festival of lights, and so. <laughs> These are. This is a terrace. These three houses are all connected, and the one in the middle does not have a single decoration up. And the uh, and the note on the the tweet was, kudos to the man at number seven, (laughs) who just completely ignored his over the top (laughs) neighbours.
0: You just put a little lit sign at the front, going, "Yeah, what he said."
1: I I just love (laughs) love the militant sort of bar humbug approach. Good man, carry on. (laughs) Anyway, right, let's get on with the regulars. Rather than talking about um, what you're writing with or on, I thought we might do a best of. So, Mm -hmm, like year-long regulars. Yeah, looking looking back at 2019, what was the you know the best? the kit, because let's face it, we both get through quite a lot of media, quite a lot of stationery. Um, yeah. So go on, you kick us off then. Writing with and on, what was your your big highlight of 2019?
0: Oh, see, this is going to be a controversial one, I feel, because I have obviously written with pencils for a number of years. I still love writing with pencils. That's never going to change. But I think the most impactful, most sort of uh, definitive change has been moving a lot of my stuff to iPad and someone on Instagram or Instagram or maybe it was Facebook on the Erasable page was quite annoyed. They're like, oh, TJ has gone to the other side. He's a (laughs) traitor to the cause and he will not be welcome to Christmas dinner. And I was like, but like, I still like pencils, analog pencils more than any normal human being proportionally should. It just happened to think my iPad's pretty cool as well. No, no, you're dead to us. (laughs) sir. Um, But yeah, like if I had to think about one single item that has changed how I use writing tools, it would be the iPad this year. It's fantastic. I'm using it right now to do our show notes. Um, I use it for notes for all the different projects I work on. It's flexible, it's easy, it's uh, very sort of capable in a lot of different ways that paper is, not that paper isn't, but just that paper is more difficult to do Um, And it doesn't replace my notebook in any way, but it does offer a a new suite of opportunities. And so I I really enjoy using it, but it's possibly a controversial one to to call the Apple Pencil my Pencil of the Year. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of favorite pencils, but I think, yeah, this one's wanted out for me this year.
1: Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with uh, mixing and matching, I, I, I suspect. I mean, I'm a little bit jealous um i've got the generation before you so you've got the second generation apple pencil i've got mm-hmm. the first so um obviously I, we've been through this before but if i if i want to charge my pencil i have to do something that looks vaguely unsettling Obscene. and wrong yeah <laughs> and, and sort of stick my pencil into my lightning port and no that is not a euphemism um <laughs> it is uh, and I I think yours is a bit more responsive. I think it's a bit faster, both your iPad and your pencil. So that maybe that's the difference. I've I've not really found a place for the Apple pencil in my life. Um, I've yeah. got it. I've got it. It sits. Uh, it actually sits in a Leuchterm pen loop. That's that's how I got round the it's not magnetic problem. Um, and oh, I've just pulled it out of its head, and it's got blood on it because I spontaneously burst into blood the other day. Um, I I was doing something highly technical, like cutting a bit of fruit, and obviously cut my finger, because I'm a complete incompetent. Um, And yeah, there was blood everywhere. It was very dramatic. Fingers do bleed. Anyway, I'm off the subject. Um, So for me, um, I had a little think about this, and the longer I thought, the longer the list got. So um the mark one i don't know if you saw one of these um by studio neat i think i saw it but not in person yeah they um it's a it's a well it's a rollable effectively um they've got a limited edition one that's uh coming out to me very soon i think they did a a, an apollo one which i'm quite looking forward to but their original Mm. one on kickstarter they the pens came in black or white, and then you could sort of have a bit of variation on the knock so um I have a copper knock um, and it's um it's a very satisfying click um detent yeah and well it's and it's a nice pen really nice pen so um I enjoyed that a lot um Baron fig um uh, have you have you played with a Squire?
0: Uh, again, one of the ones I've seen, but not had in hand.
1: Okay, well, um, the, the erasable one is on its way. I think that'll be with us in about February. Um, Ooh. I, I have to concede I've got a couple of those on the way. um, But I have several Squires, and my favourite, and the reason my mic keeps going in and out is because I keep reaching for these favourites. Um, <laughs> is the the editing squire which is um sort of crimson red uh, and it has little shorthand editing symbols down it uh, and the refill is red so that's my red pen um for the sort of seven words of editing that i do each month um lovely i'm very fond of it. (laughs) it makes me want to do more work um what else a blackwing i think blackwing had, uh, they had an okay yeah i don't know if they if they sort of shot the lights out um but i enjoyed the uh, the 811 the, the the library pencil you know the green with the gold and the yeah the pink eraser um i quite enjoyed that pencil i just just like the feel of it and the look of it um and my guilty pleasure was probably the the 4 the mars one was very soft yeah. that very soft graphite i think that was quite nice too um but uh, again this isn't controversial really it's the opposite of your choice uh, for me the star this year was the pelican 205 um which uh is the sort of small fountain pen from from pelican it's the 205 star ruby which as the name would suggest is ruby uh and it has a little bit of glitter in the in the barrel uh, and a matching ink Ooh uh and i bought it at the london pen show and it's one of my favorite fountain pens sort of straight in uh instructively it's possibly one of my cheapest fountain pens as well um but i i i find myself reaching for it more often than i do for its sort of bigger more expensive brothers so that's my pen of the year i think is the uh is the pelican tour 5 star ruby beautiful um as for paper, oh dear. um, oh, You'll have to forgive me. I, as some people may know, I do have a notebook um, retailer. So paper's kind of my thang. Uh, and for me, it's been the year of tamoe. Uh, there's been Tomoe coming out of my ears. So I've got the great stuff from Pebble, uh, which came all the way from Japan, China, Australia, a combination of those three. Oh, uh, lo- lovely pocket notebooks. I particularly enjoyed their limited edition, which was the the Glacier, which had a really nice blue cover, which is my thing. Uh, and uh, in sort of bigger books, I've got uh, the Endless Recorders, which come out of India, um, the papers from Japan. But uh, they are lovely, really nice A5s. They are the sort of bullet journal for fountain pen people. Um, so yeah. I'm going through those like a mad thing, um, and again <laughs> all those Bible pages furiously flipping through. That's it. Uh, but again, um, field notes. Wow, they they really did have a year. Um, yeah, I think they were building up. Um, the what are they called? Uh, I want to call it Mars, but I'm not sure it was. Was it Mission to Mars? Um, the. Space space Capsules. Yeah, that was a sort of uh, a taste of what was to come because I think Autumn and then Winter, which was the Autumn Trilogy, and then Group 11. uh, I think those are both gorgeous notebooks. Not particularly great for fountain pens before anybody writes in. Don't at me. Um, (laughs) But if you're using a pencil (laughs) or, uh, dare I say it, some sort of ballpoint instrument, um, they are fantastic notebooks. I think they've had an amazing year. Um, so yeah, I, if I was going to pick one, I wouldn't because of all of those things, um, I work, the Tomoe is, is gorgeous. Um, and, but I still have a special place in my heart for pocket notebooks, even if I can't use them with fountain pens. Yeah. Um, what about watching? Oh God, this could take a while, couldn't it? <laughs> TJ, watching, <laughs> highlight of the year.
0: So I'm going to do uh, a very Enon thing. Uh, not for this episode, but I'm going to make some pie charts uh, when I get all the final data back. Um, peek behind the curtain. It's not the end of the year yet. We have to uh, record episodes. And there's a little bit of uh, chronological screwery going on here with um, when the episodes have been recorded versus when they're released. Released? Released? Uh, because we're <laughs> uh, we're juggling things to make sure that people can have time off for holidays and that we don't always have to be here uh, week and week and week. To, to make sure the content hits you week and week and week. Uh, so, with that very long and extraneous caveat, I have watched a lot of films this year. I will probably have several more before the end of the year, um, but at the current time of recording, I have watched 80 films, 8-0. Eight um, that started with uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which I watched pretty much on New Year's Day, I think, last year. Um, and the most recent one was just... Two nights ago, I watched National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, which is sort of a Christmas uh, staple in this house. Well, I, I watched it a lot as a kid. And now that I have a house, I'm instituting it as a Christmas staple. Uh, <laughs> Meg had never seen it, so now she has. And she, she quite enjoyed it, so that was good. Um, so, yeah, 80 films, 27 of which were in the cinema, which isn't bad.
1: Wow. Uh,
0: yeah, twenty like that. that's a good number, 27. I pay for this, this um, cinema membership thing. And to break even, I need to see two films a month, uh, which would obviously be 24. So I've broken even on the year, and I've still got about three or four films to see in terms of uh, paying for itself for the cinema thing. Um, now, there is a, an argument that I've seen more films because I could see more films, but we'll not mm-hmm. get into that. I like to, I like seeing films. So I, I've seen 80. I have 82 on my list of ones to watch next. Um, let me see. What have I got on that list that's worth shouting them out?
1: Do you have a clear winner yet? Because I have a little database.
0: Oh, you can't do that. That's yes, a question I can. for and not a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> so right, let me let me read through the list a wee bit. I'll not read them all. There's 80 of them, but I'll read through some of the ones that jump out to me as particularly good or particularly bad. And then I'll try and come down on one that I really, really enjoyed. So one that was particularly poor was Aquaman, which is just a, a garbage DC film. Really wasn't good. And then the worst one, I think, was, oh, what was it called? It was the new, uh, not Rocky. Was it Rocky? No, the new Rambo film, Rambo Last Blood. Oh, mm. my goodness. That was terrible. <laughs> I It's the only film I've ever wanted to never see. Like, I want to retroactively not watch it. Um, it was so bad, so aggressively poor. Um, <laughs> one that surprised me was The Meg. Which is a film about a big shark with Jason Statham, which oh, on the I've face of him. it promises very little. Yeah, it, it, it's it's supposed to be a romp uh, with you know an action, explosions, big sharks, that kind of thing. I went in expecting garbage and was pleasantly surprised. I, I quite enjoyed it. Really, um, what else is worth chatting about here? Uh, I watched The Goonies for the first time, which is is quite a you know favorable staple film that a lot of people have seen. Um, first time I'd ever seen it. Um what else? I really enjoyed Good Boys, which is a comedy with um I don't have the guess. Gene Stupinski directed it. Jacob Tremblay, Brad Brady Noon, Keith L. Williams. I'm just looking at a database now. Um yeah, I watched a lot of films and some of them were great, some of them were not. Uh, but I'm glad I watched them. I watched Knives Out recently, it was very good. And then I watched Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You which is a series of films about, it's basically Groundhog Day, but with murder. Um, Those are quite fun. Uh, And then just the other day, I watched Iron Sky, The Coming Race, which is a sort of a sequel, a crowdfunded sequel to Iron Sky, which is a sort of space moon Nazi film, uh, Mm -hmm. if that can be called a genre. Um, This film had Hitler riding a T-Rex in space. So it's it's a bit weird, but it's good fun. Uh, and Frozen 2, which I saw the other day, which was great as well. So I've seen a lot of films this year. It's been a a good year of movie watching and I'm hoping over the Christmas break I will get to see a little bit more because I certainly have more films that I want to see this year and I have a little bit more time to watch films. Um, We shall see. Uh, I also watched a ton of TV shows and I find that the TV shows ate into my film watching time. Like I had this, this idea of wanting to watch 100 films this year And spoiler alert, I might still see 20 films over Christmas, so who knows. But the reason I didn't hit that goal from the outset is that I kept watching TV shows. I kept getting suckered into good TV, which is like every episode is half a film. And so you're, you know, it's three films per season or four films per season. And so when you get suckered into a good show, it just eats up all your time and you don't get to see as many movies. So I watched... Uh, some really really good tv shows this year night flyers pine gap dark dairy girls mind hunter the entire four seasons of the it crowd uh, chernobyl blood drive stranger things all three seasons Um, just some really 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 good tv and the thing about tv is that it's getting to be um, they're not treating it like happy days or something where it's 20 minute episodes and you know that it's just a self-contained little thing you know these are movies stretched out you know it's a trilogy of films chopped up into um episodes of 60 minutes or so so it's it's the same kind of experience as a film but it's a little bit more drawn out but you get to see more so yeah those are great and i've watched an awful lot of stuff i don't want to I kind of want to work out how many minutes i've spent watching uh but it's a big number
1: i can i can imagine
0: and I've talked uh, for four minutes solid or five minutes solid, so I'll let you speak now. What did you watch this year? Well, I, don't,
1: I have to say when we when we started doing this, I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? Because uh, just the other day, um, I took uh, I think I think the common parlance, the trendy way of saying it is, I took a mental health day. Um, Good. Which which to to my generation was known as skiving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I watched the first three Star Wars movies. Now, I, I appreciate it's problematic to say the first three. The first three that were say. made. So um that that would be four, five and six, I think, wouldn't it? Probably in the So
0: chronologically, not canologically. Canonically uh, you know, that's the word I'm searching desperately for.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, quite, I think. Um it you know, it had Carrie Fisher and harrison ford in those ones the ones that came out those 77 ones, yeah. i think was the first one yeah um, those are great films and i actually went to see them in the cinema God, that's how old i am um <laughs> i did not spoiler no. alert so uh yeah i watched those on tv uh, all in one go uh the other day and that was quite nice to sort of you know finally link them together because there were you know years between them when i first saw them it was all a bit Difficult to yeah, remember what was going point. on. Um, Who's he? What's he doing? Is he a baddie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodie, baddie. Um, and honestly, you just stop paying attention for a couple of minutes and you can miss all sorts of styles. Um, <laughs> eh, and then, yeah, Stranger Things that you put me onto to. Uh, I was amazingly surprised by how much I enjoyed that. Uh, to the extent It is I great. I can't wait for the next series. Or season, sorry. Season, as we say. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I did watch a really terrible movie the other day as well. Um, <laughs> what was it called? Um, I, I've got a feeling it was something, something like the Royal Christmas, and
0: yeah, that sounds like a Netflix especial.
1: Where yeah, and it was um, a plot that. Um, gets reworked, I suppose, about 30 times a year. But it was... Yeah, it's
0: Tomoe River Thin
1: Plot. Yeah. Um, he was he was Prince Patrick of Edgemoor, that uh, that European state um, where everybody sounds and looks American. Um, yep, of course. And he came, it's called came the to,
0: Warner Brothers backlot.
1: Yeah, he came to America and found uh, a a good old homely apple pie and ice cream girl who taught... Oh, God, it was drivel. Um, but still, um, I made it to the end. Nobody died. Um, but that was about it for me, really. I, I can't think of anything else that sticks in my mind. Uh, what about listening? Did you listen to anything, TJ?
0: Yeah, this is a year where a lot of people have suggested podcasts to me and I have uh, dutifully ignored most of them. I still haven't listened to The Crypto Queen. I still haven't listened to 13 Minutes to the Moon, which are both on your list of ones that you know, made the mark. And it's not that I don't want to listen. It's just that I get very ingrained in my, my habits. So I'll be listening to audiobooks and I was listening to Fall or Dodge in Hell, which is a Neil Stevenson epic, uh, which took probably like two, three months to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's it was very dense, and so that was eating up a lot of my listening slash reading time. And then in the gaps, I wanted something lighthearted. So instead of getting invested into what I'm sure will be very entertaining and enjoyable stories, and I, I will listen to them, uh, I lent on old favorites, which is not another D and D podcast, and uh, Plumbing the Death Star, which a you know, sort of comedy. One's a D and D podcast, one's a sort of pop culture podcast, and those would be my staples. And I would just listen to those because they're you know nice ch- short episodes or. Um, enjoyable content that I can just go into without any kind of narrative thread to follow normally. It's just a bit of crack. So I, I know why I've done it, but at the same time, I, I think I've missed out because some of these things sound fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, the I'm, I'm the first podcast I ever listened to, I think I was on. Um, it's all quite new to me and... As I was beginning to explore around and asking uh, in the Slack group for for recommendations, um, I got pointed to Thirty Minutes to the Moon, and I was like, "What? The BBC do podcasts? Who knew? <laughs> um, Who doesn't these days?" Well, yeah, but the, I mean, the thing about you know the BBC doing podcasts is that that really is a giant getting into the game because, well, turns out these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> Um, yeah it's like radio but shorter and cheaper and yeah professional journalists (laughs) with professional production teams and guess what it's a really professional output um (laughs) who could have guessed this uh but yeah 13 minutes to the moon uh where they um essentially take you through second by second the last 13 minutes of uh the the shuttle or the module landing um Mm. and talk to the people that were there and the people that were involved in developing uh, the programs. And just absolutely fascinating to understand that this really was done with double-sided sticky tape, um, a couple of old toilet rolls, uh, some washing-up liquid bottles, <laughs> uh, and it was all programmed using, you know, punch cards. I mean, it's just, just a yeah, start Blue Lou Peter's special. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, astonishing. and and they went off and achieved something that, well, frankly, every generation since has got nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you're thinking Elon's so given it a moon. good go, but he hasn't quite got there. Yeah, I mean, well, well, you know, he seems to have made himself extraordinarily wealthy. It's it's almost like that was the real motive, TJ. Honestly, whoops. <laughs> um, But yeah, no, that was awesome. And then that led me to uh, The Missing Crypto Queen, which again is true, a true story. Um, Again, the production values are just so good. Uh, And it's, you know, it's got hooks in it like Stranger Things. You listen to one episode and you think, okay, that's it. If he does 100 episodes, I'm going to be listening to them. Uh, And (laughs) so do you find there's a real nonfiction lean to your
0: podcasting and, you know, sort of
1: tastes? Uh, yeah. Well, I say I'm sort of discovering my taste. Uh, I think the, uh, I listen to a lot of techie ones, um, around mm. Apple stuff. Uh, so a lot of the Relay FM things and, uh, obviously the stationary ones, um, erasable and penelects are always at the top of my queue. Um, but yeah, just sort of expanding my horizons a bit. Um, you know, the missing crypto queen, there is a sort of threat that there will be another episode, um, if they if they find what they're looking for, type thing, which would include finding yeah. her, I think. Um but it's it's just open ended, it's out there. So I, along with I think many, many others, just have a quick look at the podcast. Oh, has anything oh, uh, oh. um <laughs> oh, it's just reading. it's just one of those stories that uh, yeah, you know, had you written it, somebody would go, Yeah, it's a bit unlikely. Um, but it actually happened. Uh, so yeah, I, I've really enjoyed my discoveries this year and I hope to make some more next year. Uh, what about reading? What's what's stuck in your mind from your reading of this year? Or listen. So I read, well, listen slash read.
0: We'll, we'll not get into the, the differences between them. How many books did I read this year? It wasn't as many as I wanted. Um, 13 as of current reading. Um, so I read... Uh, mostly fiction a couple of non-fiction we touched on company of one uh, and algorithms to live by which we talked about in previous episodes um i did read brave new world by aldous huxley for the first time which i really enjoyed um and then i read two neil stevenson books one is called seven eves and one is called fall those are behemoths of books so they you know by any other author there'd be a trilogy but uh, neil doesn't really do that so it's just a big big book um the one that sticks out, the one that I really enjoyed, uh, was an author you put me onto, and I think that it's in your show note as well, which is Matt Gemmel, And um, his books are great, they're fun, they're science-y, they're kind of, they're local, but not. Uh, it's this weird thing where it's kind of like a European thriller. So there's kind of a, a James Bond feel to it, uh, and it kind of captures the essence of those American superhero slash spy films, but is distinctly, you know, Scott humour with... European sensibilities—it uh, just was very, very nicely warm, sort of coziness at home. Like I felt like it was something that I could relate to a lot more than some of the like. I love you know books set in American cities that I want to go to, but there's something more relatable about you know Edinburgh or you know, Spain or something like that. Where you're like I I could go there tomorrow if I if I wanted to. It's really not that far. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed those. The interesting thing for me is that I read. Uh, Matt's first book which is Changer mm-hmm. so I read that uh, fairly quickly on Kindle really enjoyed it the second book Tool, uh, I read a lot slower now this was not because it was bad I really enjoyed it actually but I started it on Boxing Day last year and I finished it last month so there was a massive gap in the middle of that book where I'd been reading it reading it, reading it got distracted, got very distracted, forgot it existed, remembered it existed, got distracted again, and then finally picked it up and, and burned through it very, very quickly and finished it. Um, So it's weird. Like the book lasted basically all of 2019 for me, Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I kind of kicking myself for not reading it faster, but at the same time, he hasn't released another one yet. So maybe I did the right thing and kind of spread it out as much as possible for the, ne- the next one coming.
1: Indeed, yeah, I think I think one's due quite soon, but um, mm. no, I, I agree with you. I I really enjoy it. It's the the Kestrel series. Um, yes, that's the one. And yeah, I think he's he's put the pieces in play to uh, to write several. Um, and yeah, as I, say, I think the third is coming quite soon, and I suspect he's also working on the fourth. So <sighs> something to look forward to. I did um again quite a lot of discovering this year, so um. Uh, I've often name-checked Teresa, Teresa Hummel, who's my personal uh, content curator of all things. Um, but yeah, the, the books have been coming at me from all angles. So uh, my writing buddy, uh, who also writes for Nero's Notes, Amanda Fleet, uh, she has published a couple of books. Um, she's just, in fact, republished uh, at least one of them. She's got the rights back herself now. Um And they were books that I was, um, sort of beta reading, uh, as she was, as she was doing the drafts and the edits. Uh, and I really enjoyed that, that whole process. And then, um, out of the blue one day, almost, she sort of, she sent me a trilogy of (laughs) fantasy books. As you do. Yeah. So (laughs) so, her, her first two are kind of sort of, you know, thrillers, sort of crime angle, um, and then suddenly this fantasy trilogy appeared uh, with demons and all sorts. Uh, and they're really, really good. And they're coming out quite soon. Um, uh, I've been looking at uh, cover art with her and stuff. I mean, she's... Uh, the thing about Amanda, she's incredibly focused and just gets on with stuff. Whereas I, well, as evidenced by the current performance, waffle quite a lot. Um <laughs> <laughs> man just gets on and gets it all done. So I really enjoyed reading reading those, and I will read them again when they come out in their final form. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, then there was The Natural uh, by Nora McKinney, which still makes me me flush just at the very thought of it. Um, there's a parental guidance one on that one. If you're under 18, I'm not sure you should be reading that. NSFW.
0: Uh, mm,
1: yes. <laughs> um so yeah no i've i've enjoyed f- discovering new writers uh this year rather than than too many classics but i have to say i've also read a bit of hemingway i tend to go back yeah. to, to mr hemingway from time to time um but yeah i think it's pretty well i went good back year. to douglas adams and uh, i am yes.
0: currently reading the restaurant at the end of the universe and it's fabulous it's just as good as i remember i remember. This weird memory that that, I remembered it now, but it hasn't come to the forefront of my mind for at least a decade of the boxed box set of these books. The Douglas Adams, what is it, it, Trilogy in Five Parts or something like that, something ridiculous, (laughs) suitably ridiculous. Um, And I remember having all the books on my bookshelf in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house. And I read them one by one, sort of taking it out, putting it back in as I finished them. And I have no it. I probably gave those books away. I probably sold them. I probably gave them to someone. I I don't have them anymore, but I do have them on my Kindle. And every time I'm reading it, I'm I'm back in my, you know, childhood bedroom, lying on the bed, with a torch reading. Every time I I pick them up, and it's the weirdest feeling, but it's such lovely, warm, friend. It just makes me smile. You know, one of those books that you just read and you think that's great, just fantastic prose. Uh, very different from a lot of things that i've read before um doesn't take itself in any way seriously and that's absolutely fine
1: yeah no it's it's nice if if a book can engender that sort of feeling um that in itself is a benefit as you said you know the the kestrel series gave you a sort of sense of belonging it felt more mm. relevant to you yeah um and then yeah douglas adams takes you back to your sort of childhood discovering these amazing <laughs> worlds that you created That's science
0: fiction yeah the the kind of the the joy of science fiction and the the sort of infinite wonder and nonsense that can come from it
1: absolutely talking of joy drinking um which <laughs> what's your beverage of the year yeah i say frankly you do have, I have this, a drum roll play yeah, play playing to one of my strengths here um uh, for me, this has been the year of, well, too much K.O., um, Cypress beer, clearly, <laughs> uh, which is reflected in my, my waistline. Um, but that uh, was the discovery, again, through through my various and sundry uh, content curators, um, of Santa Teresa rum from Venezuela, uh, the 1796, which I've still got half a bottle of, because unusually for me, this is an alcohol that I treat with a a degree of respect. Um, mm. It's just lovely. Really, really nice. So, is this a? It's a spicy rum. Is it sort of? What uh, kind of rum is it? It's um. It's a sort of golden rum. Ah, uh, it's mm. made with a. Uh, I think we covered this actually. It's made with a a process more usually used for sherry. Port. uh oh, yeah. Solera. Okay. It's a Solera process, um, where you you mix rums of different ages to get this sort of mellow complex blend uh, and it's really really nice i'm uh, uh, that was my discovery because I, I wouldn't have classed myself as a rum drinker so uh, mm. it, rum is something i want to try more of and so i think i might buy a bottle for christmas mm. to uh,
0: to put into some things but uh, we'll see
1: yeah this would be um this is a really interesting it doesn't taste like rum to me because my maybe exp- not a good one to start off for my rum expansion well, journey. Then, my, well, my experience of rum would probably be, you know, Bacardi drowned in mm. in Coke, um, or sort of Lamb's Navy Rum is a big one in the UK, I think, which is the sort of uh, the <laughs> cheap the cheap stuff medicinal, um, yeah, I, utility. I suspect is probably not the most refined of rums. Um, Whereas this this Santa Teresa, just with some ice or a little bit of mineral water, it's a lovely, lovely drink. It's it's reminiscent of a Scotch, mm. um, and yeah, I suppose that I, your show note actually sets something off in me because I had uh, you you've written down an old fashioned, and I at a cocktail mm-hmm. bar here in Limassol, I had an old fashioned with rum. So ooh, instead, y- well, instead or as well. As well. (laughs) so Trust me, you're only having one of these. Um, But yeah, it was an extraordinary drink. Wow. Yeah, I've been watching the YouTube
0: channel How to Drink, which is another really exciting one. If you haven't watched that, give it a watch. Um, Basically, like bartender, guy who's never been a bartender does bartending uh, for himself and gets kind of sloshed during the episodes, but really, really interesting fun way of doing it and it's you know he he made the eggnog from um, the uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation in his most recent video which is something that we just watched it's quite a nice tie-in but I'd watched him making some really beautiful looking old fashions and I remember dimly having an old fashioned when I was in university because I'd heard it was a cool drink not that I knew anything about it uh, and then I'd been bought whiskeys and I bought myself whiskeys in the last couple of years. And I would normally just drink them straight or with a bit of ice or maybe a wee bit of water. Um, but the idea of this kind of process, this kind of uh, experiential, uh, systematic creation of something really appealed. Uh, shock, horror. And um, so we went out and bought a little cocktail set. And I've been making uh, some old fashions for myself, you know, with the, the peel of orange in it and mm-hmm. a little, uh, you know, a couple of drops of maple syrup. To, to sweeten it up or I, brown Demerara sugar cube so it's a really I'm really enjoying the, the process and I bought Angostura bitters so I have the whole kit and caboodle to do them properly and yeah they're re- I, I'm kind of I might go and make one after this just so I can sit and savour because it's mm, there's something about a nice fancy drink rather than just like I am drinking on a Thursday it's like I am having a fancy drink on a Thursday
1: kind yeah no absolutely I'm I'm th- I'm sort of dedicated at the moment to a a flight to quality. I'm trying to uh, reduce the quantity, um, mm. but you know, yeah, yeah. Ra- rather than sort of sit down and have five drinks and go, Hello. I'm thinking I'm <laughs> just just have one and go, wow, that was really special. Uh,
0: yeah, Pinky's out, real fancy.
1: Yeah, this is the objective. Whether it's achieved or not, well, I don't know. Let's let's talk for another hundred episodes and see how we go. Uh, right, what's next? Oh, buying, buying. Your purchase of the year. Or purchases <laughs> of the well, year. Well, it depends on the, the scope of the, the
0: episode. But I mean, the biggest thing I've bought in recent memory is a house. It was pretty big. And it was pretty stressful. And we did it. It was pretty It was There was some small amount of hassle. A lot of other people did all the hard work. I just basically put my name on a piece of paper. But... It was an experience. It was our first house and it's very exciting. Um, And I've also bought a lot of ingredients for a wedding this year. So it's been a very busy and expensive year for things. Um, But yeah, I sense next year will be possibly slightly bigger uh, in terms of events. But in terms of buying, this year is probably the big year. Um, But yeah, I bought an iPad and I bought a house. Uh, One of those is larger than the other. I'm still not clear which one's which. (laughs)
1: okay um <laughs> i was i was trying to think you know what did what did i buy this year um well i, I suppose i bought to a certain extent i bought spice um our beloved beloved pet mm-hmm. um the dog she, yeah she sort of turned up uh at the end of last year we got her but um i suppose we ended up paying for her this year she, we rescued her so we didn't pay for her directly but um some some donations have been sent in the right sort of directions. Uh, and she's, yeah, she's my daily companion now. So she has a huge impact on my life. Uh, work-wise, well, obviously i bought quite a lot of stationery for Nero's notes. Um, and, yeah, I keep finding myself, you know, buying my own stock. I don't do that often. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Dapper Notes, they're, I keep buying Dapper Notes because I, I suppose because they're there and because they're unique and because they are so different for, from everything yeah. else that we do. Um, there's just something lovely about having this, you know, very limited edition bespoke piece. Um, and, pe- you know, people see it and go, oh, what's that? It's a It's a notebook. Oh. well let me tell you the lore it all yeah. started with a man called <laughs> exactly. Enon <laughs> exactly uh, there's a podcast you may want to listen to um, <laughs> so yeah that's that's been my sort of buy of the year I think would probably be those and, and that's sort of ongoing whenever there's a, a care package on its way to me I, I sort of creep onto the website while nobody's, while nobody's awake and make some orders and then Claire sends me you know, what's up messages came. What are you doing buying your own stock? Well you know you know d- taking the odd field notes when I've got hundreds of them in stock is a bit different, if you see what I mean. have <laughs> got very limited amounts of Dapper notes. I don't feel like yeah. I can secrete them away. Um, so that that was me. I, this is what Parish notices. I was I was concerned as to what I was gonna write here. And then it occurred this to me. This is perfect. That after after forty years of trying, forty years since I first bought the player's handbook, I played Dungeons and Dragons.
0: And what a marvelous <sighs> experience it was! Two full oh, episodes, right here in this podcast feed for you. I'll put them in show notes, but they were
1: they were great fun. Oh, I have no idea what happened in the second one. I. Ju- <laughs> Drunk half my own body weight in Keogh rum and scotch by the end of it. I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) You can listen back over the Christmas break and just
0: savor the the story in you.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed, Uh, as the poor fellow tries to to navigate with, well, let's face it, one of the most irritating sidekicks in the world.
0: Sidekick is a term that I take
1: some (laughs) issue with. No, I'm not beyond hitting you with a with a war hammer, sir, <laughs> or indeed a Life great axe. And the podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, what about you? Any any uh, sort of parish noticey thing that sticks in your mind?
0: Yeah, I mean, the D and D was the first time I properly played as well. I, I sort of dabbled with my brother, but I played uh, with our campaign. We did two on the podcast, and Seth was our DM. And then I also, we started a little group in work. And so there's about six of us that play in work every now and again. The last session we had was uh, two or three weeks ago. And we kind of sporadically play when everyone has time. Um, and it's it's great fun. And uh, D&D is one of those things that I love to do really, really regularly. But by virtue of it taking so much time and effort to plan and organize it, it kind of, it's like a dinner party more than a, you know, a games night. It's not really something you just, oh, do you, want to, do you fancy a wee D&D? Because, like, the, John, our DM, is fantastic in work. And he does an awful lot of work to make sure there's a really cool story mapped out and there's, you know, little tokens and the whole thing. So as much as I'd love it to be weekly, I think it would maybe lose the sparkle and John would certainly go insane trying to, to wrangle it. So
1: <laughs> For sure. yeah,
0: it, It's great. It sticks out as something that I've really enjoyed. Um, parish notices the rest of the year. I don't know. It's been a year of... Uh, Lots of projects, lots of work. And yeah, I think I'm trying to find balance. That's that's something I started the year trying to do. And it's something I'm still doing now. And there are moments when I'm better than others, you know, where I feel like everything's in in, equilibrium. And there's times where I feel like some things are weighing more heavily. And I'm still working that out. And what I think I'm learning as I rapidly approach uh, middle age is that it's okay not to know it's okay not to have the answer. It's okay for it to be an exploration rather than a, a concrete decision. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I haven't quite had a, a midlife crisis, but I have certainly kind of gone, oh, I have a house now. Oh, life, marriage. Oh, okay, great. These are all different. Okay, cool. And <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a year of change. And I, I don't know what 2020 will bring. I hope many good things, among one of them being a wedding. Um but yeah, I'm excited.
1: Excellent. Well, given that uh, well, it's Christmas, I'm not sure that we should go on and on for hours or plug this, that, and the next, next thing. You know, uh, you can find TJ at Wood and Graphite, YouTube channel. Easy enough. You can find me at Nearest Notes. Nearest Notes, yeah. And you can find 1857 at, well, wait for it, 1857. So I think. It only remains for me to say, Merry Christmas, and I've been Stuart Lennon. Merry Christmas,
0: and I've been T.J. Cosgrove. Merry Christmas, and remember to make the past the present in the future. This was Merry Christmas, 1857. Ho, ho, ho. No problems there. Just keep saying Merry Christmas every four seconds, that's good. (laughs) Merry Christmas.